on, everybody. Welcome back to the big dude. Look, I'm paying attention today. That's really good. I'm proud That's of you. Guys. Impressive. We're making progress, everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all three of us are back in action. Whoop, talking whoop. about some football. Very exciting stuff. I know we're about to kick off the show with an epic rant by Tug. I can't wait for that. At the end of the show, you gotta stick around because we very well may, you know, according to the title of the episode, have a new segment introduced. Might be worth sticking around for. I mean, I personally recommend it. Up to you, I guess. <laughs> I think it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be fun. Uh, so before we can get anywhere near that, we got plenty of games to review. It's been a crazy weekend of football. Actually, it's been the best weekend of football. AKA Oh Doug, no. AKA Doug loses signal again. He was, he was saying something awesome too. It's just just the worst. Oh. We'll pull him out of here. He can he can pop back in whenever he's ready. Uh, but yeah, kind of as he as he was saying, you know, best weekend of football ever because it's the weekend we just got. Tug, I, I don't. I'm not gonna beat around the bush here. We're just gonna we're gonna get straight into it. Looks like Doug might be back. So if you want to pop back in here, let me talk a little NFL with you. Hey, hey, there's a Doug. A wild Doug has appeared. I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I know I know what you're getting at, Ben. Look, we need to talk about it. We were on the show last week when it happened. Um, the question around the NFL right now is how was Tua allowed to play last Thursday after uh, getting hit with what seemed like a con- concussion on Sunday? Um, We've had this debate all weekend. You guys know where I stand, but let me let me make it kind of clear for everybody else. Um, I'm still maintaining a neutral stance. I'm I'm not going to try and pretend I'm a doctor. I all saw the signs. I know what it looks like. Um, but when you're going to sit there and tell me medical professionals cleared him, I I need to see what the process was before before I render judgment. Uh, there's one thing. Well, there's a few things that are clear to me, but number one is there's something wrong with the NFL concussion protocol. Um, we can say that now, especially because the NFL and NFLPA are already making a change, expected to be in place for this week. Uh, that adds a new no-go symptom. Uh, so right now, the no-go symptoms for the NFL are the fencing posture, which we saw uh, to a receive on Thursday night. That's what where his hands locked up and, and things like that. Um, concu- uh, yeah, concussion is a, a, a no-go symptom. Uh, <laughs> confusion and amnesia are, are the only three no-go symptoms, which are immediate diagnosis, no evaluation necessary. Tua didn't display any of those, so he went into the locker room for what they call a the long-form concussion test, uh, the sport concussion assessment tool, uh, and apparently went through that. Those are the facts that have been made publicly available. That is what we know at this point. Um, the You're saying he didn't display them the week prior because last the game when we were live, he definitely did. Oh no, absolutely. Ab- yes, no, he had the but fencing posture on the field. People, that, people yeah. didn't. People hadn't kept up with it. The reason everyone's so upset is that Tua was playing last week in the first place. Correct. You know, and it seemed like he sustained a hit, certainly bad enough the week prior that maybe there ought to be 
other things looked at. So, and so like I, like it's I said, so it, I know it feels it feels very punitive against the NFL and the Dolphins for sticking to the policy when <laughs> there's nothing else they could have really done in that case. So now at least the policy is changing, I guess. So so but, let let let's add to that. Um, yeah, the policy is changing. What they're adding is a new no go symptom, which is. And I quote, gross motor instability. I don't know what the actual verbiage is going to look like when they write it into the into the protocol, but that stumble that Tua hey, had. Hey, yo, that shit was nasty. Get him off the yeah. field. <laughs> yeah, no, so so that stumble Tua had, that, the shaking of the head, those are typically signs that, hey, something happened up top. Um, so gross motor instability is going to be added as a new no-go symptom. At least that's what's expected later this week. Um, like I said, he had the, the fencing posture that is considered a um, impact seizure. With that, that can happen on any concussion, not saying that it has to happen on the second attempt. Well, and, and so I've got, I got a couple things to say here, too. And, you know, I, I really hate we keep referring to it as, I guess, technically that Sunday game where he had the gross motor instability where he was falling over was two weeks ago as we're closing out this, you know, this mm-hmm. week. Uh, that's bullshit because he played on Thursday. He played three, you know, essentially three days later, right? Because he played, had three days off, and then played again. Uh, I don't I don't understand how, you know, you, anybody even thinks that, even if you pass all the concussion protocol stuff, that you are good to go, good to play. Uh, like, that's that's just, that's an issue to me. Uh, and then the fact that I mean this is not this is a this is horrible for the NFL right now because you had that happen and what happened on Thursday could have happened without anything happening on Sunday. It looks very bad that it happened after what happened to him on Sunday. Correct. Uh, but then what happened last night uh, for Mike Evans and he was told he was in you know evaluated for a concussion, but then he comes back out onto the field before fully being put into concussion protocol at halftime. Was that Evans uh, or was yeah. that Cameron Braid? I think it was, it was Mike Evans. It was it Braid? I know yeah, it was I've... the two of them that Carolina, but I... yeah, point stands and... either way. Right. The other thing that and like that's that's awful enough. There's also a massive uh, focus on concussions in the NFL. Uh, but the other thing that they're not paying attention to, which is equally concerning, you know, they they've been calling the Sunday hit from week three, uh, they were calling, you know, a back injury for Tua. And then this fencing posture, this impact seizure that he had is also linked to back and neck injuries, specifically in your cervical vertebrae, which control basically the upper half of your body. And those injuries are arguably more serious than concussions, you know, that you, you can look at it so many different ways of what's more serious or not. But it just seems like the NFL sole focus is on concussions when it probably would have been beneficial for them to really look into that more because, yeah, you might end up like Jim McMahon and need directions written down in your glove box so you can get home from the grocery store if you have a concussion. And you can absolutely end up worse. Uh, but not being able to raise your use your hands as you get older not being able to walk if it ends up being 
the vertebrae in the lower part of your back. Uh, that's just as bad. And it seems like there's no focus on that. If that has anything that's even crossed their mind, it's just, it's, I'm happy that Miami has come out and said to him, won't play this week at all. Um, it, it's definitely reactionary there. We talked about it earlier. It's yep. Monday, and they've already said he's not playing next week. When, right. oh, by the way, instead of only having three days or you know six days, he's going to yeah, have 10, ten days. Uh, it, it seems like more CYA, and there's been a lot of that in Miami as well. I'll let you take it back over here. To just, oh, I feel like so, there's way there's way more here than just so, concussions. Th- no, there there definitely is. And, and if you're going to sit there and say. How would you play Tua with knowing that he was having a back injury on top, right? Add in all these things. Man, Miami's in a tough spot because even according to the NFL chief medical officer, Tua was evaluated every day last week for a concussion prior to the game, uh, including Sunday, then Monday, then Tuesday, and Wednesday. So he was evaluated four times, all came back negative. Um, but even to that point, What's going on with that back? I agree with that point. Um, I also know that concussions manifest very differently in everybody. You, you, there's a massive lack of understanding in concussion in the NFL and, and in the world, and that, that puts him in a tough spot. Um, the review is still ongoing. Like I said, I'm going to maintain my neutrality until I see that review. Uh, but I make the promise to you guys, and I've said this before, uh, and I make the promise to to our listeners out there that if it comes out that Miami in any way interfered in that investigation or in, in that uh, the application of concussion protocol, I will be calling for heads. Um, this is about the about the person, not the player. Um, so ultimately, to kind of get the show moving along, what I am going to say here is, well, number one, I hope two is OK. And it looks like he's going to be. Uh, there is no signs of serious injury. Um, so we'll see when he comes back. I'm expecting him probably going to miss the next two games at a minimum. Uh, and then, then we're going to get serious about maybe him coming back. Uh, but I gotta say that, the way, honestly, the way the Dolphins have been talking about this, I know it's not the Dolphins fault. It's just the way the organization has been talking about this kind of highlights the entire problem. Like they keep no. talking about how Tua doesn't have any serious injury you know he he doesn't have this okay concussions are serious injuries we know this at this point like legitimately a single concussion can have lasting effects and so the nfl needs to really evaluate how they talk about these kind of things too if they're going to be serious or at least pretend to be serious about taking concussions you know as legitimate concerns and, and Which I might it have feels like that's that. the direction they're going to. No, I think you're absolutely right. That's yeah. how they have been saying it. Uh, I think even the head coach came out and said, you know, at least he didn't have anything more serious in the press conference. And I'm like, yo, dude, that's that's not the way to be addressing this. So the- I think it's not it's not the Dolphins' fault necessarily. It's an NFL wide problem, and the I NFL agree. As a whole, needs to really rethink how they so, understand these kind of injuries. So let me ask one more thing, Nick, because I know what they're getting at. And you're right. They're not getting at it the right way. What is the right way to say, hey, there's no brain bleed. There is no brain I would, bruising. I would say there's – we haven't found any structural damage. Yeah, okay. I can get on with we that. Have, we have evidence of a concussion point. We have not seen any structural damage. We're grateful for that. 
at the same time, we're going to continue monitoring his mental state. Yep. And yep. that's all you that's, can say. That's, that's entirely fair. Um, I will add one last thing now that I just remembered this again. Uh, it is possible for Miami to have followed the concussion protocol, and this still happened. Uh, it happened just a few years ago with Tom Savage and the Houston Texans. Um, right. So what this does drive is expecting some big changes to the concussion protocol. That's kind of what this ends up driving to, which honestly is best-case scenario. I would I mean, like I would to say believe... best-case scenario change to the concussion protocol right now and maybe we later understand concussions better to be able to change this again. In the meantime, I would say go ahead and if a player enters concussion protocol at any point during a game, they are ineligible to return that game, period, full stop. And and that's that's one of the things I've been considering, Todd, like of ways forward myself. Um, It's the only solution I can come to. And I think that was something they were hesitant to do when they first implemented concussion protocol, right? Because nobody wants to see somebody leave the game and get evaluated. But if you're at the point of being evaluated, it was, there were enough reasons for you to be evaluated that, you know, you're the first one. It could, you could be prone to it. It could randomly happen. The The, second one, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It's in, it's way easier to get a second one, which honestly, right. they've all had honestly, this I, right? True. And I'm honestly surprised, like Aaron Rodgers, for example, hasn't had more because he's not using that massive face smashing helmet that he had after he got his concussion five or six years ago. So I don't. I, I know there's been a lot of rule changes for quarterback protection as well. I mean. But, helmet I mean, technology I, is very weird, and I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I don't think anybody really does. <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, even if you look at the hit that Tua took, it didn't look bad. His head hitting the ground, it it was the it, whip. It didn't look I, great. I don't know if I said this to you guys, um, but I, I've said this to some others. When you actually look at that at the way he went down, it would not have surprised me if he had whiplash before his head hit the turf. Um, his head came down hard at the end. It was a legal hit. I, I will be the first to say that completely legal, completely clean hit, just a freak football play. Um, and the only thing that I would be cautious about with, hey, any player that enters concussion protocol at any point during a game is out for the game is the amount of power that gives the concussion spotters uh, up in the booth because it doesn't even I need mean, to be a bad thing. It, it, they, they, they are. They already are. But the issue is it becomes so subjective at that point. You're going to have some that are, are tighter than others. And then, you know, they're going to call out players who clearly don't have anything going on. It I mean, is the safer option. I'm just saying what the concern would be. I would rather that happens than someone dies, which it looks like it would have at certain points. In that broadcast. All right. So. All right, guys. We, we, we have beat this. It's not a story that we just want to brush under the, under the bridge, but I do want to move on here. We finally have some good news. The rookie quarterbacks are showing their face. I personally would love it if Miami threw out Skylar Thompson there, Kentucky Colonel. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> the first touchdown pass by a rookie has been thrown. And it was yet another sixth-round pick for the New England Patriots. My boy out of Western Kentucky, 
Bailey Zappy. Bailey Zappy. Uh, who came Wait. in? It's the freaking zappening baby. <laughs> so we all know Mac Jones went down with a, and I quote, severe high ankle sprain. Uh, that makes it sound like it's a grade three, which makes it sound like there might be surgery in his near future. Uh, I have not seen anything on that. Time. So they decided, hey, we're going to play Brian Hoyer. Um, I really want to make a joke here, but it'd be so inappropriate based on what we just talked about. Uh, but yeah. Brian Hoyer decided to also get a concussion this weekend. Uh, so he had to come out. So the Patriots had to go to their yeah, third that was, string. That was definitely Brian Hoyer's decision on that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Patriots go down to their third string quarterback, and my dude was balling out there. Ben, how excited were you, and how much did you think they had a chance when they took the Packers to OT? I thought they had a chance all day because the defense was playing that well. And frankly, I mean, Brian Hoyer is a career backup. So the fact that he was keeping it as close as he was, I was like, Jesus Christ, there's something wrong with this team today. And then Bailey Zappi comes in, and I was like, they probably have they have a much better chance than they did when Brian Hoyer was playing. So it's – man. <laughs> Looks I like thought Aaron it was going to happen. Rogers I will be very upset if Bill Belichick just stumbled his way into his next Tom Brady, and I have to deal with this for the next 20 years. Well, I mean, I you know, the only reason Brian Hoyer's on that team is because he's a former Brown, and it made Bill Belichick feel, you know, he had some some nostalgia there. <laughs> there's no reason Brian Hoyer should still be in the NFL. Well, other than the fact that he freaky. led the Patriots. Go ahead, Doug. It's also freaky how much Bailey Zappi looks exactly like Oh, Mac my Jones. God, dude. <laughs> They're freaking identical twins, dude. <laughs> um. And Ben, the other reason Brian Hoyer is back is Brian Hoyer led the Pats to an 11 and five season uh, the year Tom Brady tore his ACL. So that's the other reason he's back there. Or was that Matt Castle? I always forget. Bill Belichick's had like one of two backup quarterbacks, and it's either Brian Hoyer or Matt Castle. I forget who's who. Uh, the other quarterback to make his debut this weekend uh, did not look anywhere near as good. Uh, Although he did have two rushing TDs, Kenny Pickett decided that the Jets wanted the ball more than him, so he gave it to them three times via the way of interception. Yet somehow still had a higher QBR than Mitch. Mitch had a QBR of like seven. Everybody that came out and apologized because it was clearly Matt Nagy that Mitchell Trubisky wasn't good, I expect all of you assholes to turn right back the fuck around and say, no, Mitch really does fucking suck. I'll be waiting. The The email is mailbox at bdtfootball.com. Each and every one of you, let me know that you finally understand Mitchell Trubisky is not a fucking NFL quarterback. Can, can, can I make one thing clear, though? Matt Nagy definitely didn't help. I don't know. Look at how much better Patrick Mahomes is playing now than he was at the end of last year. That blows that whole fucking theory out of the water, too. As a, as a senior consultant versus oh, a head coach is a as very a different coach. It's yeah, still like very different coach. than being a head coach. I Look, my son broke my TV a couple weeks ago. So we have a projector, and that's how we watch things he, now. He is still alive, the by the way. For all our fans, his son is still alive. I about... Wow, that made it really like, sus out of nowhere. Yeah, Thanks, Doug. 
Thanks, thanks for that. I about went and found the heaviest object possible, start throwing shit through my wall when I saw those two sitting on the bench together going over X's and O's. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. This guy actually gets it, but he just couldn't do it for fucking four years in Chicago. Thanks. Sounds about right. Kenny Pickett has officially, uh, well, is expected to supplant him as the starter moving forward. Uh, It is expected, not official. I would be surprised if he's not. Um, it's like, let's just we're... say it now. By the time you're listening to this, if you're an audio listener, it's official. I am <laughs> yeah. that confident. Let's, okay. let's also cover this. We just discussed how Mitchell Trubisky is not an NFL quarterback, but you know who is? <laughs> Cooper goddamn Rush. <laughs> My dude is 4-0. 4-0 as an NFL starter. Uh, ben, I'm going to put this question to you because you posed it to us last week. You... You manifested this. I, I does not he take over Dax? Shit. Does he take over Dak's job? He's the first quarterback in Dallas Cowboys history to start four and There's there's no way that Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy aren't having the conversation. And I've seen other people say if Dak comes back and they struggle, Mike McCarthy will not make it through the season. And I completely agree with that. I I would not want to be Mike McCarthy right now. And especially with Jerry Jones as my owner. That's that's the real issue at hand here. Be real. I for a second though, Cooper Rush is definitely not the reason they're winning these games. Like he's not playing all that well this league. It's, no. it's in the defense. Um but it's hard to but deny four and they played a bad – the Bengals were bad week two. Mm-hmm. The Giants, who are bad. Are just are bad in general. They're three and – The Commanders, who are bad. Hold on. The can Giants we talk- played the Bears, all right? Let's not act like they played anybody good this week. No, 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 no. That's that's fair. But the NFC East has the highest winning percentage, like, by division in the NFL right now. And then right. there's the Washington Commanders. Right. Right, they haven't played the Eagles yet. Yeah, and that's that's what I was getting to. They have the Rams next week. And the following week on Sunday Night Football, they have the Eagles. L, L. Follow Ooh. that up with the best one and three team in the league, the Detroit Lions. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Washington Commanders. <laughs> and then they got the Bears. Like, that, that's their month. So the front half of the month, they don't have an easy game until, you know, the day before Halloween. Yeah, I, it's funny you say that. I was just I saw this tweet from Dan Orlovsky. He was like, uh, "If the Lions had it legitimately, if they had a bad defense, they'd be three and one. This defense is just really awful <laughs> right now. If they had an average defense, they'd be undefeated." The Lions <laughs> have thirty-five points per game, first place points per game. Yeah. Second place doesn't even have 30. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> it Here's bad. like it's so backwards from everything that the Bears have always had where you're wasting a good defense. I think offenses have a little bit more longevity, but they are I don't know how they're going to be able to build all the pieces and get all right, the pieces they need I, to fix this defense. I don't know that I believe this is a legitimately good offense either in Detroit. They're the highest-scoring offense in the league. 
yeah, and see how much I believe in them. So <laughs> forty-eight to forty something, like Jesus Christ! Yeah. This isn't the Big Twelve, guys. Anyway, moving on. Uh, it's the Big D. And I don't mean Dallas. <laughs> moving on, the Baltimore Ravens are losing some uh, cornerback depth. Jimmy Smith is retiring. Honestly, he hasn't really been playing. Uh, but after 11 years in Baltimore, he has now officially announced his retirement. I think it was this afternoon. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Guys, we ask this question every time, even if the answer is obvious. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. No. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. And then the just like his coaches that leave to become head coaches keep crawling back, there's a linebacker that is yet again crawling back to Bill Belichick. Uh, Jamie Collins signs with the Patriots this week for like the fourth time. Oh, it's not like the fourth time. This is the fourth different contract he will have had with the Patriots spread out between contracts with other teams. He just keeps coming back here. It's all he can do. <laughs> One trick pony sucks everywhere else. Goes the Patriots is good enough to get some recognition, get a contract somewhere else. Can't play in any other scheme. He is the definition of a scheme player. Yeah, I'll tell you that. All right, let's let's hop on into our, our reviews from this week. Uh, quick hitter on the Dolphins after the two injury. The the Dolphins just couldn't get into rhythm. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves was not ready to come into that game plan. Uh, hopefully, he will be against the Jets this week, but we will see. Uh, Bengals pull that one out, twenty seven fifteen. Sunday sure night, there's probably some fucking apprehension after seeing what just happened. To I was going to say, like, quarterback. There, there are well, and there, there are two ways a team responds. Uh, both are are positive, positive in terms of how they view the team member when when a when a guy goes down like that. Either they play with all the emotion in the world, or they they're physically drained and emotionally or drained. Well coached and don't show emotion. Well, that's an the, option. No. Yeah, no. it is. It is for everyone other than you. Either way, the the <laughs> issue is Miami came out sluggish after after that, which makes a ton of sense. Right. Uh, in Sunday Night Football, uh, Patrick Mahomes had his way with the Buccaneers' defense. Um, unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, maybe. The, yeah. Either way, Kermit finally had a fantastic Mahomes. game this week. Um, yeah, four hundred points. Like, Tampa Bay finally started started putting points up on the board, something we haven't seen from them in a bit. Yeah, just less than the Chiefs did. So correct. Yeah, the, the defense a, for the Chiefs is sauce at best. And for the Bucks, apparently, the Bucks' issues really came down to offensive line play and lack of a running game or whatever yep. fucking. Well, and mean. lack of stopping the Chiefs from putting up forty-one points. Also that. <laughs> And then we have Monday night going on right now. The final, uh, just a refresher of our picks up here. Ben and I are riding with the Rams. Doug's riding with riding with the Niners. And then San Francisco actually opened at sure. one and a half point favorites. And they're now uh, a two point favorite. That's the one they closed, a two point favorite. And I got to say, uh, the 49ers have been the Rams kryptonite for several meetings now. They just, I don't know. I don't know why. And they're playing at Levi Stadium, so it's—I don't know. I, it's, it could happen. Yeah, it could definitely happen. 
Anything's but again, possible. Not a good team. Big, big if true. No, we, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but here's here's the fun part. You know, the classic rivalry, the uh, I can't say that word, commanders against the Cowboys. And uh, y'all doubted the Cowboys for some reason. I, yeah. Here's the perplexing thing the to me. freaking Cowboys, dude. With a backup quarterback. No, I get it. What I don't understand is, yeah, Chase Young is out. There's still pieces all over that Washington team. What What's the issue? Is it Carson Wentz? Like, yeah. I I don't I don't understand. I mean, I'll say this. It. I'll say this now uh, because it applies both to this game and to the uh, my college game that I picked. I didn't watch this one, and I didn't watch my college game either. I normally make sure to deconflict my picks with when the Bears and Memphis are playing. I did not this week. Uh, that's my fault. I apologize. So I don't I don't have a ton of comments for this, but this man I, doesn't even have two screens. Sad. We need you all to sign up for the Patreon to get this man two screens. Yes, please. Yeah. Get me a screen. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's all I could think as this game kind of just got out of hand for the commanders losing 25 to 10. What what's the issue? Like, surely it's not just that it's Carson Wentz. And that offense is pretty ass. Yeah, it's. I it honestly it comes down to the offensive line. Um, Carson yeah. Wentz over the past few weeks has been sacked like twenty times, which is um, crazy because I only have one. Apparently he had none, and people just keep trying to give him theirs. Uh, no, but, like, for real, Carson Wentz was sacked nine times against the Eagles. I think he was another – might not have been as bad this week. Yeah, it was only two sacks this week. Um, God damn it, I can't stop saying the joke in my head now that you've said it so much. I, you know, the, the issue comes down to the offensive line because he's getting sacked at the worst possible times, and it's stopping them from getting into a rhythm. Um, at this point, I wouldn't be too surprised if Ron Rivera doesn't make it either. Doesn't make it through the season, or doesn't make it past the season. Do we? Yeah, do we no, think the fair. game's kind of passing him by? I mean, granted, he definitely Maybe. has had other things going on in his life. Yeah, that I, I wouldn't more attention than football. I wouldn't blame him if that's what's happening. I also right. would say it's just possible the organization is awful. And so poorly yeah. run that no coach can fix it right now. That's yeah. possible too. All right, Doug, what do we have on your game? Um, yeah, I picked the Ravens, which I wish I didn't because they lost. They they looked like they were going to win that entire first half. <laughs> well, I know, I know they were up by three scores twice this year. Twice this year. Um, grew up a Browns fan. It felt weird cheering for the Ravens and anything at all. And one time that I really try, they just let me down, and I hate life. Um, now I will say the Bills are the more talented team on paper. They should have won. That's what everybody thought going into this game. I just thought I should put some faith in Lamar Jackson to come out there and do his thing, and. Didn't exactly work out for me. Um, yeah. 
fourth quarter is really bad for Baltimore, I guess, right now. So, so uh, I guess so much so, actually, that I saw some people on Twitter calling for a new coach in Baltimore. I was just uh, going to ask about that. How do you feel about them going for it on fourth down rather than kicking the field goal in field goal I, range nearing the end of the game? I think it was the right call. It's totally but, valid. And I wouldn't fire John Harbaugh if I were them. But fans are fickle creatures. Yeah. All right. It was another ugly game down in, in Vegas. These AFC West games are, are just brutal games to watch. However, we no, no longer have any winless teams in the NFL. The Raiders have pulled it out. They were the last team um, beating the Broncos 32-23. to Not only did the Broncos lose, they lost some key pieces. Uh, they were losing Randy Gregory for up to eight yeah. weeks. And they lost Javante Williams to a torn ACL for the season. And LCL. Yeah, like guys, this this Broncos offense is ugly right now, and it seems to be getting uglier. What's going on there? What what is not clicking? I think the biggest problem is that they thought Javante Williams was the answer at running back, and honestly, he was underwhelming to say the least but then you've got melvin gordon who can't hang on to the ball i mean it was comical the scoop and score that the raiders got because he falls forward the ball shoots up straight into the raiders into the defender's lap and he's gone so i i think their one game and lack of lack thereof is a huge detriment to the broncos right now I don't think this is a Russell Wilson problem. I don't even – could he have more weapons than Cortland Sutton? Sure. Jerry Judy's looking all right, though. He, I mean, he's definitely looking better than he did last year. How can you not when you have somebody like uh, Russell Wilson throwing you the ball, right? I, I will say it's looking like the Seahawks are the real winners of that trade um, because as of right now, as the stats sit, Geno Smith is outperforming Russ on just about every metric. Geno Smith wasn't even part of the trade. That's the no, I, no, I know, I know. So that Seattle got rid of Russ, got some fantastic draft picks, and Russ is struggling to piece it together. I'm what? wondering how much of this is a coach issue, to be honest with you. That could be it, and I'll say this too: the other thing that concerns me at this point. This is kind of more, you know, getting away from the Broncos, talking a little bit more about the Seahawks. Geno Smith was a pretty can't-miss guy coming out of college. That's why he ended up being picked so high. And what does that means? mean? It means he gets to play for the New York fucking Jets. What that means? Look at what Zach Wilson did when he came back this week. It's not pretty. I was going to say, like, it didn't look good. Yeah, I mean. Although that receiving touchdown he had. Yeah, I mean, he, he made uh, he made uh, Mitch Trubisky look bad, so he has that going for him. <laughs> no, Mitch Trubisky made Mitch That's Trubisky look bad. <laughs> I know what I said. It's, All right. It's, it's uh, one point to close out this game, though. I'm just glad the Raiders are going to stop having so many kids. They learned how to pull out. I was so confused where you were going with that. Either way, that brings our pick totals up for the season. As of right now, 
with Ben and Doug both at seven and nine. I'm sitting at nine and seven, a nice comfortable two game lead. Ben and yeah, I, I can't, can't wait for the 49ers to win tonight and for you guys to. So, I'm, so then I'm still not nine and eight. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it's the nice thing about the two game lead. Can't wait. All right, let's let's get over to our player uh, player reviews because I have a feeling we're we're gonna break even this week. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't feel awful about my picks, even though you definitely would have been okay to start Mar- uh, Marquise Brown. Would have been better to start him than start Alan Lazard, frankly. Uh, I felt really comfortable. Well, first, let me get through these stats here. Uh, Hollywood Brown, six receptions for 88 yards, one touchdown. That's the big kicker here. Uh, in standard leagues, he scored 14.6, and in PPR, 20.6. Alan Lazard, six receptions, 116 yards, 11.6 standard, and 17.6 PPR. That touchdown is really the big difference maker uh, when you look at it. So most of the game, like I said, I was feeling really good about this. And then Marquise Brown comes away with a touchdown late. Alan Lazard doesn't get the touchdown. Uh, Dobbs got it, a guy that I mentioned uh, and thought about taking as my player to, you know, my start for this week as well. At least this week, Romeo Dobbs. (laughs) Right. So it's, look, moving forward, if you want to start Marquise Brown uh, until – DeAndre Hopkins is done serving his suspension. He's not suspended for the full year, if I remember correctly. It's only two more games. games. Yeah, two more games. If you, I, I think Marquise Brown is probably a reasonable start. Absolutely has flex potential uh, for the next couple weeks. And really, same thing with Alan Lazard. I'll double down and say this. Once his ankle is 100%, I think Alan Lazard is a must start. You know, yep. we, I mentioned it last week as well. He had, a, you know, he's had, he's got some ankle issues. But I felt confident he was going to be the guy. And look, with ankle issues, he still had over 100 yards receiving last week or yesterday. I mean, that's that's insane. I it wasn't a good it wasn't a hit, but I'm not calling this a complete miss either. No, that's I'm, that's one and one. Alan Lazard's a good start there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and, and tell you too that if you're a Marquise Brown Hollywood Brown owner, now's the time you want to start shopping him in a trade, knowing that DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Um, you're going to max his value now. Uh, I mean, guys, I let you down. I let everyone down real hard this week. I, I missed by about as far as you could miss from on my picks. I actually suggested that we could just go ahead and flip your start and your sit <laughs> and just sit, call it good and pretend that it, that's definitely what you said last show. Just no, 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 no. Everybody. I'm, yes. Uh, I'm going to own my failure. <laughs> uh, get the slide. All right, guys, I told you not to not to start uh, J.K. I told you to sit him in. Honestly, I stand by it. Um, because how do you expect 41 rush yards, four receptions, and two touchdowns? Like, that does not really scream like good opportunities, but he was efficient with them. Um, against the top defense at that. So, like, for me, this is honestly what I needed to see out of J.K. So, even though I sat him in most of my leagues last week, He's moving into that starting position now because he, he's back to the good old JK. He is super efficient with his touches, which is something you don't really get a lot of. Um, and then I, I told you the risks with, with James Robinson, uh, and they came to be true. Um, 
yeah, that Eagles defense is insane. I shouldn't have told you to start a running back against the Eagles defense. I'm terribly, terribly sorry. I think we have all severely underestimated the Eagles. Yes. It is Very becoming so. more and more apparent every single The last day. NFL team that is undefeated this year. I need somebody to pull really, the upset. I really hope they pull it out so that you can shut up about that. Nope. That'd be so awesome. Nope. <laughs> but I think that's all we got for the NFL. Which it is, it is. College football. It's my favorite sport of all time. Love college football. Uh, so I guess let's start off with the new AP poll because that's how we've been doing it. Uh, Alabama does jump Georgia for the number one spot. Georgia falls number two. Ohio State still at number three. Um, not too many other changes, honestly, until we get to number seven. Oklahoma State rises after a big win there. Uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss are in the top ten now. Penn State still in the top ten, but at number ten. <laughs> yeah, I know you have opinions about Tennessee and Ole Miss, but I'll we'll move on before you. Oh God, that's gonna physically hurt you that they're back to back next to each other too. Like I, I just think that seven through ten is no man's land right now. I, I would, I what? Yeah, I think it's no man's land. I think they're all pretenders as well, though. Oklahoma State, I have more faith in than the other three, but man, it's and I don't have much faith in Oklahoma State. Yeah, so I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. Uh, we had two. Universities fired their head coach this weekend after some surprising losses. Uh, Colorado is hold on one. To... One of these losses was not surprising. Okay, to start the year, nobody would have thought that Colorado was going to be winless at this point in the season. Uh, going into the week, no, they were not favored to win. At the same at the same time, uh, yeah, it was time for Carl Durrell to go. They also fired their defensive coordinator. Their offensive coordinator has taken the interim role. I didn't bother to look up his name because Colorado's unimportant this year. <laughs> Suck it, Pac-12 fans. Colorado and Colorado State being the only winless teams in FBS football is, it is kind ridiculous. Of I still need one Air Force <laughs> to win one more game just to make the claim for another four years that we are the best Colorado college football team. I know it's I obvious mean, right now, but right. it's not close. It's not close. Uh, I think, what, like, you could probably have the Northern Colorado Bears up there as number two right now. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Does UC Colorado Springs have, like, a club football team? They're probably better. UCCS. Oh, my God. <laughs> UC so Col- it it hurts. Even, I'm sorry. It hurts. Not even club football. Not even club football. It's like a sprint football. It's a flag football team, actually. They're better than the Buffs. Tell you that much. (laughs) I would, I would put money on them. Uh, And Wisconsin has also fired their head coach. Paul Christ was the head coach for the Badgers for seven years now. Uh, Defensive coordinator Jim Leonard has been named the interim head coach up there. He had been in conversations for a head coaching role somewhere. This coming offseason, uh, he gets his first crack at it with Wisconsin, his alma mater. And he does have the interim tag, though. They didn't go ahead and name him permanent head coach. This is kind of wild. Paul Christ 
had like a point seven something win percentage at Wisconsin. Um, really, really great job at leading that program. I know 2017 especially was one of their best seasons of all time. And they paid him $16.4 million in a buyout. Which how, is, how many, yeah, get it, get us to TBUs, man. Get us to TBUs. Thanks to the Sickos Committee. God we bless now, the Sickos Committee. We know that is uh, 38.14 years worth of Terry Bowden. <laughs> can can one of can somebody reach out to them and see if they want to come on the show? I mean, good luck with that. Sickos committee is huge now. Out of nowhere. <laughs> no, it's because Mike Golick Jr. retweeted him. That's I mean, what happened. Fair. I so think really what we need to do is reach out to Mike Golick Jr. and we'll be set. <laughs> <laughs> I see another story here that wasn't me. Uh, I have I have opinion on all Chris, but we actually kind of talked about it last episode. It's I'm a gonna... mistake. It, it's it's just insanely reactionary, and that's just the state of college football right now. Doug, we'll we'll get you back when you come back. I. Uh, so losing losing to Illinois, coached by Brett Bielema, one of your former coaches, two years in a row, with the most recent being at Camp Randall, in a season where you're already struggling. Does it make sense? No. I would not have made this call. But the only thing Wisconsin that makes this... thinks they're way more than what they are. So, I'm going to back this up, because the only thing that makes this make even some kind of sense... I'm going to play devil's advocate here. They're legitimately last in the Big Ten West right now. I've granted everybody else is one and one, but Wisconsin is the lone Owen two team in the Big Ten yeah, West. You have, six, you have six tie six teams tied for first the Big Ten West, and then you have like, number seven Wisconsin, and then you have Wisconsin. Like I'm I'm sorry. That is I, I have to think that was a driving factor. Well, that they was were, also they the were loss to, to Washington the State. Yeah. It was the way that they lost to Ohio State, just not being competitive in that game. And it was a second straight loss to Illinois, or two in the last three years at least. Um, yeah. No, it was second straight because Beal okay. just took over last year. So I, that's, I'm, that's true. I'm 99% sure it's the last two years. I. How great would it be if they brought back Brett Bielma? If they bought him, they, they just were like, hey, you're coming back. You're coming back home. <laughs> Would he and then he it? leaves them for Arkansas again when Sam Bruno <laughs> retires. <laughs> We're just going to keep that. doing this. We're going to do this revolving door of it constantly. Get Illinois Gosh. to a bowl team again. Just to leave. Jeez. Go back to Wisconsin. So, so Ben. Yeah. For, I, man. Go ahead. I'm going to say, Ben, for our next story, I have one question for you. What end zone yeah, are you going to be sitting in? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll let you know when tickets become available. So, back in 20... Ah, oh, shit. Four, 14... Sometime between 2014 and 2016. I don't remember the year exactly, and I don't care to look it up. I just remember that when this contract was made, it was very confusing to me how Memphis and Mizzou had a home-and-home home separated by so many years. Because, like I said, this last game happened either when I was still in college or right after I graduated. 
And the second game that Memphis was supposed to host was slated for this next year. And last week it came out that Mizzou was trying to get out of the contract. They didn't want to come to Memphis, blah, blah, blah. It was also rumored that they were trying to pitch a a neutral site game, so to speak, and they pulled it off. This this game is going to take place at the Dome of the Americas in St. Louis Mm -hmm. in 2023 next year. I don't hate it. I I, I know there's a lot of Memphis fans that do, but I actually love that Memphis is going to get to play in a neutral site game against a – I don't want to say big-time opponent, but against an SEC opponent uh, and one that they haven't played in a while. I mean, they play Mizzou, they play – or not Mizzou. They play Ole Miss and Mississippi State all the time. Getting to play Mizzou again, that's awesome. So it's frustrating that Missouri decided to change the terms of the deal. Uh, but that's where we're at. So, yeah, neutral site game in St. Louis, this is going to be pretty interesting. I'm excited to see this, see this happen. I think instead of doing this, there should be a tournament every single year to start the season uh, between all of the teams whose nickname is the Tigers. Only one survives to play the season. Missouri, Memphis, Clemson, Auburn, all the above. Just head on down to LSU, do this big tournament, got to figure out who the best Tiger is. (laughs) And only you are eligible for the whole season. The winner of that tournament. <laughs> I would say new plan live mascot fight, but uh, Peter would get all of all up in a mess with that. Oh, There's only one live mascot anymore, too. Now to those, yes, who wins by default? No, they no no because no, I can still put your tiger mascot in there. <laughs> he is, he is technically live. a live tiger. That no, okay, yeah, moving on. <laughs> So we had uh, six ranked versus ranked games, five in the FBS level this week, the most of any week so far this season. Uh, But we, of course, wanted to pick all of them because it's fun. Uh, NC State at Clemson to start us off. I mean, it was the night game, but starting us off here in the slides. This was actually legitimately a really good game. Like, honestly, a good game. I ended up being a 10-point differential Clemson put up 30 on NC State. Uh, kind of surprising to me that it felt, it, looking at the score, it looks as, as far apart as it was. Because honestly, watching the first half of this game and a bit of the third quarter, I thought this was going to be very tight to the end. But Clemson does win. They're definitely the favorites in the ACC at this point. I don't think there's any doubt about that anymore. Uh, it's going to come down to them in Syracuse, I guess, technically. <laughs> in Which that Syracuse is probably going to win. That would be incredible. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, Alabama over Arkansas and uh, Ole Miss over Kentucky, adding quite a bit of clarity to the SEC as a whole. You know, I felt Kentucky was overrated, honestly. I think and they did. At the same time, they definitely should have won that game. Because maybe Ole Miss is overrated too. They're uh, absolutely overrated now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe and, you shouldn't drop the ball trying to go score for the, the lead three times. And then yeah. 
I know we're the unofficial podcast of Woo Pig Nation, but it was Alabama. And even with Bryce Young going down with a shoulder injury, they bring in fucking Mike Vick to replace him. So, <laughs> dude, so I was I was watching the second half of that game, and for like the third quarter, Arkansas stopped their run game, and then the fourth yeah, and, quarter happened, and then, and they then didn't. yeah, the, I think they had three seventy plus yard touchdown runs in the fourth quarter. Like, Jameer Gibbs was Jameer Gibbs was clocked at going twenty three miles an hour. Jesus Which, Christ. Yeah. Paul Christ. I think a 20, 22.8. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so, that's, like, that's like Usain Bolt <laughs> level of speed. Like, So imagine if he pass. was still on Georgia Tech. That'd be cool. Maybe they'd still have a good, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we had uh, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Uh, State did pull this one out by a pretty significant margin. I was very surprised by this one in Waco. Um, that gosh, was easily just, my shocker of the week. Yeah, I'm I'm legitimately impressed with Oklahoma State for this game. But I will say, Baylor now has two losses on the year. They've looked pretty bad against both ranked opponents they've played in Oklahoma State and BYU. Maybe Baylor isn't as legitimate as we thought going into the season. I think that's probably more likely than Oklahoma State being really incredible right now. Unfortunately, yeah, I think you're probably right. Yep. Wake Forest upsets Florida State, even though they were the higher-ranked team. Uh, Honestly, very different story. This was also a 10-point differential, uh, 31-21, but this one did not feel close. Wake Forest was the better team on the field here. And at the same time, I got to say, you know, Florida State would have definitely taken four and one five weeks into the season if you'd asked them that before the year started. So this, I think has, uh, this it's pretty cool seeing both though. programs going in the right direction. Absolutely. Anyway. I just got to say, I like this slide. I don't. This has to <laughs> yeah. sting for Florida State, though. I mean, to lose this game at home, I mean, just what I, I, I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if this puts Norvell back on the hot seat uh, after the way they started the season, but man, uh, you don't want to lose a game like this at home the way they Dude. did. No. It was a ranked matchup, and they lost by 10, and they're 4-1. Yeah. and one. They're fine. It happens. He's not All on right. the hot seat right now. If he loses next week, he will be because it's Florida State. But he's not on the hot seat at the moment. No. Relax with that nonsense. Uh, Elon did pull it off in double overtime and our only ranked versus ranked in the FCS this week. Uh, man, I thought Richmond was really going to win. And Elon kind of came back and ended up going to double overtime. 17-17 heading into overtime. Ended up being 30-27 to Elon. Yeah, thank you for talking me into the anti-meme pick here. Uh, it worked out really well. Yeah, you can. we can go back to the previous slide real quick, please. And uh, <laughs> that looks so much better for these picks. I'm I, still really right, like, I got I'm still right behind you, man. This slide looks so right. good compared to that other Oh, one. gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this one's pretty cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, all three of us got three right on one. Uh, yeah, go ahead and oh, start us amazing. off. Uh, we've we've kind of talked about Illinois, Wisconsin already a little bit, but not in much detail. What do you got for us, Ben? Uh, Illinois won thirty-four to ten. Basically, never in doubt. I I watched like so. I did flip this game on after Memphis ended and watched a couple drives. I will uh, tell you, you did yeah. not see any rushing yards for Wisconsin. Yeah, and I think that's they really had big two on the there. game. And I think that's why Paul running back you I had missed. two rushing yards on the yeah. game against Illinois. It yeah, was, at home you would have thought Illinois was Alabama. Right, like you would have thought there's something wrong with like Alabama's uniforms got like tinted or faded weird somehow and ended up orange. Like it was a dismembering at Camp Randall, and even jump around couldn't save the Badgers this week. Yeah, flop around more like it. <laughs> Doug, when are you going to uh, believe in Kansas? Not this week. Not gonna lie, <laughs> uh, I Iowa State at Kansas. Man, Iowa State really should have won this game. I'm not joking. Uh, their true freshman I, kicker missed three field goals. <sighs> I hate it for the guy. Um, at the same time, Kansas did win. It was 14-11. to 11. Really disgusting score. Uh, but also, if that's going to be Big 12 football from now on, I'm all for it. If we get some... I don't know. I'm kind of half-tempted to invite Iowa State and Kansas to the Big 10 right now this week. <laughs> All right. Here's a real question, though. When was the last time Kansas was ranked in football? 2009. Jesus. It was during our lifetime. That's impressive. Yeah, that, that right. is. I never would have suspected that. Uh, and the also fascinating stat, the last time Kansas went 5-0, and they lost the next seven games. So we'll see what happens here. I is that also 2009? Um, I'm not sure what year that was. But College game days in Lawrence this week, though. I mean, that's how my... Oh, after after KU called them out. That's going to be a ranked versus ranked matchup. So we won't have to make any decisions. We're going to be picking that one. Uh, TCU's heading to Kansas. In... All right. Can we just stop right here and talk about TCU for a second? Holy fucking shit. They are way well, they, better than Oklahoma, apparently. $50,000 fine for storming the field, though. Unreal. The Big 12's got to calm the fuck down with this shit. It's only 50, okay? The, the SEC is up at, like, 250 minimum. It was, like, I think it was, like, 41 to 7 at the half. TCU let off the gas and beat Oklahoma. them by this much. I think Oklahoma tried to ask for the accelerated clock, like Syracuse did. But then, you know, the NCAA was like, oh, yeah, you're actually an FBS opponent. We're not going to let that slide. Yeah. You're also a ranked team asking for a shortened clock against an unranked team. Go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. (laughs) But, yeah, Syracuse. All right, so crazy story about that. It did not actually happen, by the way, for anybody confused crazy story about the Syracuse game. So they were playing Wagner, which is an FCS opponent, which means they were allowed to shorten the clock for the second half. They went from 15-minute quarters to 10-minute quarters in the second half because both teams agreed to it. Syracuse was up by, like, I think it was legitimately 51 to nothing at halftime. So then at the end of the game, it's 59 nothing, 
So they Syracuse beats the over under and the spread by themselves. Uh, <laughs> but because the quarters were shortened to 10 minute quarters for the second half, all bets placed on the game were thrown out. Oh my <laughs> God, Vegas. So Syracuse cleared the over-under, but nobody could cash that. And that's just brutal. How Did they at least get their money back? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because there was uh, – when, when stuff like that happens, they will, they will give you your money back. I just can't believe that. It was 53. Somebody actually legitimately put some money down on the over – and it hit. But nope. it didn't count. And Snowball said, no. All right. No county for you. But yeah, right. Kansas won. Congrats to Kansas. Uh, legitimately, it's been fun to watch Kansas be good. I hope they can continue to win at least two games the rest of the season. <laughs> That'd be I, nice for them. <laughs> really, if they just won one and get bowl eligible, that'll be, ama- that'll be amazing. Because I will talk about third. Well, I want I want to see a guaranteed winning season for Kansas. That's I want fair. seven wins. My game was ugly, guys. It was it was ugly. I was there in the stands. Yes, it, was it was not a not a pretty game. Uh, it was but, worse than I was at Kansas. But I will say this because I I told you guys this this weekend. For once, I'm not going to call for Troy's head after a close game with Navy. Um, Honestly, You're gonna call neither team could <laughs> neither team could get the ball moving on the ground like with any consistency whatsoever. And then yeah, Hazik Daniels decided to turf the ball twice uh, in honestly horrendous spots on the field. Uh, one of them was down in the red zone, which is like one of the biggest no nos. Um, but hey, Air Force pulled it out, thirteen to ten, and we didn't meme ourselves. I would be lying if I said that memeing ourselves did not cross my mind during the game. I actually thought it was happening as as the game was going on. And I would have laughed pretty hard, not going to lie. College football is a lot easier to watch than uh, NFL football uh, with the means that I have. So I actually had this one up on my phone. I was never in doubt that Air Force was going to win this, but I was definitely watching this saying, how in the fuck is it this close? And it, it's a rivalry game where both teams run the exact same thing. So they're oddly well, really well matched were, against each other. And then there were both teams started airing it out. And I was like, Jesus, what what are we doing here? Yep. This is this is not academy football. What is this? It's, it's like fun. a real That's game. It Except it wasn't fun because it was 13-10. Rock fight. was still fun. Can confirm. Uh, yeah, so before we jump to the prospects to watch this weekend, I will just say I am still up by one in our pick Since you pointed this out, Tug, I'll point it out too. I am still in the lead for this. Suck it. <laughs> and yeah, I but, am dude, I'm creeping up to you real close. Get off my hind end. That's what I'll say to that. No. You like it on my hind end? That's creepier. <laughs> you set yourself up for that one too. There was no way for me to get out of that one, okay? There, if you can't figure a way to get out of my hind end, you have some serious <laughs> problems. <laughs> Never thought we'd talk about Doug's ass this much on this show. Well, my prospects to watch and said, 
starting off with Zazavian Valaday. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Halliday. I have no idea why. It's definitely not his name. And he's been in college football for like a century at this point. He's almost as old as Brady White. So it's pretty incredible. I knew somebody incredible. was going to make a joke. Uh, Zazavian Valaday, running back for Arizona State, transfer from Wyoming. Um, we already talked about that process for him. But I got to say, this was a tough ask for him to come out and show anything good against a USC defense that has actually been uh, not bad, uh, considering where USC defenses have been the last several years. I know I don't really have a lot of faith in Alex Grinch, who's defensive coordinator for USC, uh, but he did okay with Oklahoma, and he's doing okay with USC as well. So for Valaday to have two touchdowns here is impressive to me. Uh, his yards per carry did go down slightly at the same time. It was still up well above four, which is kind of the threshold for a decent running back. I would say this was a good performance. Uh, one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. I I respect the hell out of this performance from him, honestly. Uh, he is the bright spot at this point for the Arizona State offense. Not saying a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of talent right there at this point. Um, but... No, I like Xavier Valdez as a prospect. I could see him going early, day three, most likely at this point. Um, but we'll see if he can pull off something maybe at the combine to increase that grade. On the defensive side of the ball, we were looking at linebacker Tommy Eichenberg out of the Ohio State University. Now, if you saw the stats for the game, you would definitely say that Steel Chambers had the better game at the same position. Uh, he had more tackle than Tommy Eckenberg. He had the interception. Tommy Eckenberg didn't have, at the same time, actually watching this game, Tommy Eckenberg played better, uh, which sounds crazy to say, but Steel Chambers was in the right spot, you know, a lucky spot a couple of times. And Tommy Eichenberg, about every single play, was exactly where I would have schemed him up to be. He flew to the ball. He was all over the field. He was... Um, when I'm saying if there was a hole that I wished there was somebody filling, Tommy Eichenberg was the one filling it. Almost every single play. It was kind of incredible. I really hope he keeps this up, because it was very impressive. And I'm hoping for big things out of him. I mean... He legitimately was not on any draft boards before the season started. There's no way that he was. I think he's playing his way to a right now, potentially looking at like a day two kind of a guy if he keeps this level up. Uh, and if he comes back for another year and goes even harder, might be pushing for a first round pick here. I mean, this is, it's truly kind of incredible seeing the rise that he's had and he legitimately plays the position extremely well. Is he Eichenberg? Is he related to the uh, lineman that came out of? Yeah, Liam. Um, I believe they are related, but I don't. I don't think they're brothers. Um, I mean, Midwest guys, Ohio State, Notre Dame, team up north. They all have. Uh, cousins or whatever go to some of those schools i really would have picked that for the sec but hey 
having cousins is an SEC trait now. Okay. Oh, goodness. Oh, you knew where I was going with that. You didn't give it to me. No, because he's not a I'm, – I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best. So, we actually have some non-NFL pro news. Uh, this one just randomly fell on our lap. You know, we've we've talked about, as recently as last week, football creeping into the Olympics. And uh, the Italian Bowl for the American Football Italian League, I think that's the official name. Uh, they're having their 42nd Italian Bowl in Toledo, Ohio. Because Toledo, Ohio has sister city agreements with city international cities all over the world. Germany, India, Germany again, Pakistan, China, Poland, China again, Hungary, Tanzania, Spain, Japan. And most recently for Italy. For some reason, Toledo doesn't have enough Italian or enough sister cities they wanted to add more. Aren't Obviously, are they not a sister city of Toledo? In Spain? Ferrar are they not? That would Yeah, it is Toledo, Spain. Okay. Sister city okay. of Toledo in Spain. Yeah. Okay. Right. Just making sure. And is Paris, yeah. France a sister city of Paris, Tennessee? Because <laughs> I I will have to look that up and get back to you. I'll get back to you on that. Paris, Tennessee does uh, but not yeah, I mean, exist. <laughs> anyway. Also, also agree. Uh, just like every other international league, there's heavy, heavy American influence. Art Bryles is head coach of the reigning champion, uh, Golfe Ferenzi. Yeesh. They, all these teams have a lot of American players, naturally. This is going to take place over the 4th of July weekend. Uh, and there's going to be tons of Italian themes events all 4th of July. There's going to be an op- a certified Italian opera singer here already confirmed. So if you're into Italian food, football, I mean, fireworks. Into Italian food. Let's be real. Yeah. So, I mean, it's there's a lot going on here. Uh, I gonna... would not want my league associated with Art Bryles, though. Can I just throw that out there? I wouldn't want my league associated with Toledo, Ohio. Uh, also true, the Art Bryles is definitely worse than Toledo, Ohio. I don't want my 4th of July <laughs> holiday mixed up with Italian events. Well, that's because you're racist. French boy. See, I've always had Memorial Day uh, mixed in with Italian heritage back from my hometown. So, uh, you know, this is this means nothing to me. This this is beautiful, and America is a melting pot. And don't forget it. Just eat a croissant and forget about it. Frankly. That's French. What the hell? You're French. That's what I'm saying. You're French. Your white flag. Your national flag. Mine has a red leaf on it. No, no, it doesn't. It's pure white. Let's not beat around the bush. Anyway, we got a we got a new segment, right? We do. I just gotta say, 
I went very different from you guys on my picks this time. I mean, congrats. Well, I mean, this is this is the first ever. On that. This is the first <laughs> ever. We uh, we had to make some last minute changes to it as well. And uh, yeah, so you don't even know where our picks are. And, and here's here's the other issue with us being live. Uh, if you're an audio listener, you're missing out on a beautiful picture that I think Tug actually took himself of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and uh, it should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the biggest thing here is that we have to make all these picks beforehand to put them in the right. slideshow to have them presentable. But I think we got to find a way to, to incorporate the picks live because um, we don't want to have repeats. We want to all have unique Mount Rushmore's. Uh, so you have something very unique to vote on on Twitter. These will be up on Twitter. For you to vote as soon as the show ends. And uh, don't worry. Uh, you're going to get four options every single week. So I think we should probably explain and, what this is before we go any further. Um, so yeah, tra- traditionally we have had bracket time fill this segment after we talk about college, NFL and college and non-pro sports and all that other fun stuff that we like to talk about. We've had a bracket that's filled this segment. And, you know, those brackets take a long time to create. And we kind of want to do a little, something a little bit different. Um, kind of mix it up a little bit. Maybe revisit some of those brackets at the same time. Do something a little bit unique. So, we're doing some Mount Rushmore's. Uh, basically, we're taking... Each of us is going to pick four of something. And we're going to put it... This week, at least, we're going to put it up against the four winners of that bracket that we already did from previous episodes. And we'll have you guys vote on who you think the best top four is. Uh, So this week, our Mount Rushmore will be Heisman Trophy winners. I don't know how else better to describe it than just to get into it. Uh, Bracket results, the top four, we do have... Barry Sanders at number one, Joe Burrow at number two, Lamar Jackson at number three, and number four is Baker Mayfield. Those were the results of our Heisman Trophy winner racket. This time last year, roughly, when that was going on. So if you didn't get a chance to vote in that, here's a chance at redemption. Because we all have four different players that we're putting up against this top four. We want to see which is the best top four out of this whole group. So, let's kick it over to Bug. Who do you have on your Mount Rushmore of Heisman Trophy winners? Well, you know, I, we had this conversation a lot uh, when going through this bracket. And so I wanted to have the same symmetry, uh, at least, that we had with the actual bracket. Results, if not mix in an extra running back here and there, uh, and ultimately, I do have a running back as my my George Washington, my top guy, Bo Jackson. You know, if I remember correctly, he just ran into a tough matchup, and that's why he didn't end up in the uh, in the final four there. But when you are so legendary that your jersey is still being sold all around Alabama especially in Auburn heavy areas. I'm sure you're not going to find one of Bo Jackson's jersey in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but when you've left an, an impact and a legacy on a story program like uh, like Auburn, the way Bo Jackson did, 
you you deserve a spot on my Mount Rushmore. After that, though, I go a little off the rails here. It's Johnny Manziel. Frankly, it's because he was extremely entertaining uh, to watch, and there was a quarterback, uh, another quarterback that I wanted to take that had already been taken that really kind of made me fall in love with college football. Doug actually took him. I'll, I'll point it out when we get there. After that, I've got Reggie Bush. I don't care that his Heisman was taken away. Reggie Bush is also in that class of guys that made me fall in love with college football. That USC team in general was sweet. Yes, Matt Leinert, nobody took him. Spoiler. Uh, so I'll mention him too. He's cool and everything, but this was Reggie Bush's team, and it was even Reggie Bush's team when Matt Leinert won it. Last but certainly not least, Niall Kinnick. I said I wanted the, the symmetry here, and I kind of got the best of both worlds because he was listed as a quarterback and a halfback. I think the legacy that he's left uh, at Iowa, besides the stadium being named after him, but also his speech every single week going into uh, every single week before the start of the game, that means so much uh, to what the Heisman Trophy represents and the impact that he had on Iowa Hawkeyes football. So that's my Mount Rushmore. Is it better than what we came up, what the bracket spit out? I think it is. Is it better than what you guys have? That one, that one's probably a little more debatable. <laughs> I don't know, very much personal preference at this point, but it is certainly a fascinating conversation. We jump over to my Mount Rushmore next. Number one for me, I gotta go with the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, Archie Griffin, my man out of Ohio State. All right, I was a very football-informed. A uh, young child, uh, when I can say that as a six-year-old, seven-year-old in like, I don't know, the early 2000s, my favorite football players were Archie Griffin and Eric Dickerson. Um, <laughs> legitimately, Archie Griffin is one of the reasons I love Ohio State as much as I do, which is really weird because he was way before my time. Um, <laughs> at the same time, he was really freaking great. Uh, around the same era, Tony Dorsett comes in as my number two. I mean, I well, that season he had at Pitt was unfreaking believable. And I don't know how he didn't make it further in our Heisman Trophy bracket, to be honest with you. That was just uh, a thing of beauty. And I don't remember if I voted for him in the round that he lost in, but I probably should have because it was great. Uh, my number three is going to be Marcus Mariota, actually. Uh, probably surprising to some people. I know a very, very different flavor here than my first two guys. At the same time, I think Marcus Mariota's 2014 to 15 season was one of the greatest things of beauty I've seen in college football. Legitimately, I, I know Joe Burrow has the better stats. I know Lamar Jackson has some better stats sprinkled here and there. But Marcus Mariota that year was something special. Legitimately, that offense was terrifying, and Mariota was the engine that made it run. Uh, I mean, that that the story of 2010's college football is not complete without Marcus Mariota. And I, I don't know. It's something special there. Uh, my number four is actually going to be Tim Tebow. Uh, almost the same exact thing, just instead of 2010s, we're talking about 2000s. Uh, Tim Tebow was 
leading a very different style of offense in 2007 than anything we've really seen before. And I gotta say, he made those Florida teams very enjoyable to watch, even as they were beating my Ohio State Buckeyes in the national championship. <laughs> this was the guy I was talking about earlier, by the way. Um, I, I have a utmost respect for Tim Tebow and the way he ran that Florida offense. I know he wasn't a good NFL quarterback, but I'll be damned if he wasn't one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. So that's my Mount Rushmore. He was he was so amazing that I actually asked for a Florida Gators hoodie because of the teams Tim Tebow was leading. <laughs> I still have it. It's warm as shit. Fucking love that thing. Dude, absolute killers on that team, too. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Alright, guys, Aaron I Hernandez. went in a right. I went I went in a very different vein with the way I selected this. So I took kind of what, what Mount Rushmore is and it's it's the guys who built the nation in some way lent a lot to what the nation is today and the found, founding of it. So I went That's with guys. That's going to sound really weird when we're going to hear announce his number one pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I didn't necessarily put these in a specific order. And now that I see that we are, I feel really bad about it. And Doug might kill me on the show. Um, either I'm way. drive to South Dakota right now to kill you on the show, yes. I Either way, I will say that first pick doesn't make a lot of a sense with that vein, but the rest of them do. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the only defensive guy to win uh, the Heisman Trophy here. Doug, how's it, how's it make you feel? Or how's it, yeah, how's it feel to see that Michigan blue and that, that maze yellow up there on the screen? We can move on now. <laughs> um, no, he's the honestly electrifying player. Defensive player, he won it on kick returns. I'm all good with it. Hold on. You tried to convince me to take Tom Harmon, and you're upset about Charles Woodson? At least Tom Harmon was a man of morals. <laughs> all right. I will move uh, on and get, get back to, to the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this. My number two is Dilk Walker. Again, when you have awards named after you, you did something good for this sport. Um, and the legacy can never be taken away. Uh, that's going to be kind of the theme here for the rest of these guys. Uh, number three for me is Pete Dawkins. Uh, we just love him on the show, and he needs to be on someone's here. Uh, look at that. Oh, Heisman pose for, for those two of them. I love it, man. And then uh, my number four pick is Davey O'Brien. Again, game changer in the sport. I can't sit there and compare any of these guys to the stats your guys have, uh, but the legacies that your guys left behind can't compete, in my opinion, with the guys I've selected here. Here's the thing. If you swapped out Charles Woodson for Niall Kinnick, this would oh, be yeah. undisputed one of the greatest Mount Rushmores, like technically by definition of all time. But with Charles Woodson, this is so shit. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> for the record, and this this is why I said we have to figure out a, a different way of picking these, because I also had Pete Dawkins. Doug had to change his around a little bit as well. Uh, but it, I obviously, when I saw Tug had Pete Dawkins in there as well, I was like, you know what? I put all my stuff in first. It's not really fair for me to just take four guys and him not get any say in it. So I'll change mine. No big deal. No harm, no foul. Uh, man, we've, we've got – we want your votes. But we want to see – we want you guys to be able to see how this all breaks down live too. And, and I, I want to put this out there. We're not – deciding this at all it is pure votes we have no say in this right 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 
absolutely. Uh, whatever comes back from the Twitter poll will be the, the absolute final result. Uh, we're just presenting some options for you guys. So certainly go out and vote on our Twitter at BDT football. And uh, other than that, I guess that's, that's our first Mount Rushmore wrapped. And I'll hand it over to you guys to close out the show. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. We have a Discord. We've had a Discord for a while. We've had it as a Patreon uh, exclusive here. We need some feedback, though, because that's pretty much where all this is going to take place. I think we will definitely continue to have Patreon-only sections of Discord. However, joining the Discord is not is no longer going to be uh, be that way. Uh, so be on the lookout. We'll get that Discord link all set up for you guys here shortly. Um, I, I will say I need... I, I need some time to build it out and get the servers where we want them. Uh, it's not going to be ready. I say, give me about a week to get this, to get this going. Week or two. But this so is absolutely right. This is absolutely where we're going to be going through and doing our our draft, so to speak, uh, for our Mount Rushmores here. Our link's been scrolling across the bottom. Tug will shout them out here in a little bit. And guys. I'm just so glad I was able to sit down and watch some college football this week. The NFL, it was okay. This this NFL mm-hmm. season makes zero 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 sense right now. Mm-hmm. And the and the NFL that's a bad thing, but in college football, that's one of the greatest things about the sport. And Kansas is five and zero. Syracuse is five and zero. It's beautiful. <laughs> Wisconsin's two and three. And fired their coach. There's Just like we two all expected. Winless, there's two winless teams in the FBS, and they're both, both in Colorado. Zero I love percent. it. I love it. <laughs> so, um, maybe, maybe instead of that wild Desmond Howard prediction of Texas A&M, Baylor, uh, who Tampa have all and- almost been legitimately eliminated. Whoever else was in his final four. Maybe we end up with a final four of Syracuse and UCLA and Penn State and Ole Miss. I mean, that's still technically possible. Oh, so, God, that sounds – oh, God. Or we get an all-orange, all-orange final give, four. No, it's, no, no. Give me an all-tiger all tiger final four. Syracuse, Oklahoma State, um, somebody else. <laughs> somebody else orange. Clemson. Clemson. <laughs> sure. All right. Before we get any further off the rails, guys, I am going to shout our links out here. We have patreon.com slash BT football, twitter.com slash BT football, facebook.com slash BT football, instagram.com slash BT underscore football, mailbox at BDT football.com. So we have our website, BDT football.com. We are working on that discord for you guys. I will get it all up and running here. Um, Twitch.tv, if you're listening to us, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, all one word, and YouTube will be linked below. You guys, you guys ready for the, uh, the Monday Snapple fact? Oh, please, dude. Did you know that rubber bands last longer when refrigerated? I believe it. I did know that, but I really don't understand why. Makes no sense. Physics.
Batteries last longer after being refrigerated too, apparently. Yeah. I thought that just increased their shelf life. Isn't that kind of basically what he said? Mm, I have thoughts. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, wow, that is congratulations. All the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.